BYU Sports Nation. A magical season comes to a halt in the Final Four. How will you remember the 2018 BYU women's volleyball season? Cougar Hoopsters head to Vegas. Should UNLV be brought back as a rival for BYU Hoops? And what has your attention right now when it comes to BYU football? The bowl game or the new recruits? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday, December 14th. This is how we do it. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with white elephant gift idea expert Jerem Jordan. We have a... uh department party today and uh there's a rich tradition of white elephant gift giving um i hope there's no michael scott ipod people at this party well clearly on the recipient the amount you spend on the gift shows how that much is you equal care to how about much the you person. care yeah exactly yeah, everyone knows that exactly one of my favorite gifts that i've received ever is still in the building from uh, our good friend jake edmonds former assistant producer of BYU Sports Nation. to the producer. He got me a Little Tykes basketball hoop that raises up to like oh, that's right. six feet, but can go down to like three feet. That's, yeah, yeah. That still it's, exists. It's still, yeah. It's still around. When, uh, when we were on the radio and we'd tape an interview and play it and you couldn't tell, and sometimes we do that on TV and you can't tell, secret, uh, in the radio, day, we would just like play on that hoop during the interview. <laughs> we would just mess around on that hoop, so people walking by are like, what is going those, on in who there? Who are those juveniles? What's going that, on in Studio 2? That still happens today, but we've moved downstairs. With that in mind, here's today's show lineup. Former BYU basketball head coach Steve Cleveland joins us in 15 minutes to break down Jerem's dunking ability on the Little Tykes basketball hoop. That's not true. Also, what is his favorite memory from the BYU-UNLV hoops rivalry? NBA veteran and BYU women's basketball coach Jeff Judkins back in Studio B in 30 minutes. Jamming with Juddy. Let's go. One of a kind. Will he ride into studio on a horse is the real question. And, Jerem, I think fit. you're going to end the drought this weekend. You have a plan to get on the board in yes, 40 minutes with your yes, and one picks. A couple stamps on my picks. Mail it that. in. Mailing it in. Do the Spencer. Yep. Mail it in. Here are today's BYU Sports Show Nation me the way. headlines. <laughs> the number four seed BYU women's volleyball team. Swept by number one Stanford last night in the Final Four and thus ends a fantastic, unforgettable season. Only the second loss of the season for the Cougars last night. They finished with a 939 win percentage, the highest in program history. How this team will be remembered coming up in a moment. After a 31-2 season and a number one ranking for 11 straight weeks, women's volleyball coach Heather Olmsted was named the 2018 ABCA Coach of the Year yesterday. Olmsted has six players named All-American, six named All-Region, and five All-West Coast Conference this year. Uh, actually, there's more because that would not make sense to have more All-Americans than West Coast Conference players, all of which are program records for a single season. BYU men's basketball off to Vegas with intentions of extending a three-game win streak. The Cougars take on former Mountain West rival UNLV at T-Mobile Arena. Head coach Dave Rose says this year's Rebels team is a little bit different than what BYU may be familiar with. This is a really athletic team, and uh, they're long. They can really drive it to the basket. They, they, they like to play 
up-tempo, okay, when they have an opportunity, but it's really a slow, uh, low-scoring kind of a team, which is a little bit different for, for UNLV. Not your father's Rebels. Coverage of tomorrow's game begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. The game tips at 8.30 Eastern. You can stream it on ESPN3. Yeah, the reason they're different is because they're not very good. They're 4-4. Four and four. They play great defense, but they played seven home games. Seven home games. Now they're playing down the street. And for the first time in nearly a month, women's basketball is back in the Marriott Center. They'll host former Mountain West Conference foe as well, Colorado State. Tomorrow, 4 Eastern on BYU TV. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The 2018 BYU women's volleyball season came to a screeching halt last night in the Final Four with just their second loss of the season. But again, at the Final Four in Minneapolis, and BYU finishes as we just told you, with the best win percentage in program history. How will the 2018 BYU women's volleyball season be remembered, Jerem? The season itself will be remembered with uh, tremendous memories. Um, but that was, that was a really poor performance last night from BYU. BYU hits in the negative. I mean, it, it, was, it was tough. And it was tough to watch because we had seen this team succeed so much. It was hard to see them go out like this. But... In the end, we're going to remember this as one of the best, if not the best, teams in program history. You could argue this is the best team in program history. I know that they didn't get to the national championship match like, say, the 2014 team, but this team was number one for 11 of the 16 weeks of the polls. Amazing. Are you kidding me? They'll be the only team to beat Stanford. I don't think that Stanford uh, is going to lose to Nebraska tomorrow night, but we wish good luck to both Cougars on both sides. Stanford head coach Kevin Hambly played here. Nebraska assistant coach Jalen Reyes played and coached here. So good luck uh, to both those guys. But I think Stanford's going to win the national yes. title. Yes. And we're going to say, BYU was the only team to beat them. And it was part of this awesome run. The Sweet 16 and Elite Eight were incredible. The, the almost undefeated regular season was really fun. Uh, the, the personalities and the names from this team, I think we'll remember for a long time. Rough and, finish. And this team is going to be really good next year again. They lose some pieces, but they return a lot. Rough finish, understandably. But overall, I think specifically the best home season in the history of the program. They had the four largest crowds to ever watch a BYU women's volleyball match. The first time that they had hosted a regional in the expanded format, they paid it off by going to the Final Four for a third time in program history. It was magical. There were magic moments this season, including beating number one ranked Stanford on August 31st. Six All-Americans. And as you mentioned, ranked number one for the majority of the season, 11 of 16 weeks Good enough to get to a position where they could be one of the top four overall seeds, and they have the coach of the year. This was a magical season. Yeah, last night stunk. BYU didn't play BYU volleyball. They didn't pass well. They got blocked out of the gym by Stanford, who, by the way, is the number one blocking team in the country. So it was a forgettable match from an unforgettable season. It's magical up until last night. Tomorrow, the 8-4 and four BYU men's basketball team rekindles the rivalry flames with UNLV in Las Vegas. Luckily, not at the Thomas & Mack Center. Let's just say that. Rebels! But, or rather, in T-Mobile Arena, a seven-minute drive away. It's a renewal of a Mountain West rivalry that was always a must-see game for Cougar fans. It was a big game back in the day. Spencer, should UNLV still be a rivalry for BYU hoops? I don't think so. It's been a long time. Different coaches, different circumstances, not in the same conference. The only thing that would or could keep the rivalry going are the fan bases, 
rivalries are primarily for the fans, and UNLV doesn't have a great basketball team. Nobody, in turn, is showing up to watch UNLV play basketball right now. Less than 8,000 again. There are too many other good things happening in Las Vegas. Like what? On the sports front. I'm just kidding. The Las Vegas Golden Knights. Raiders hype on the way. They're going to have a, a couple new home of shows in Las I've Vegas heard. in 2020. Yeah. There are a few other things to do in Las Vegas. The Rebels used to be the big show in town. Now they're just another oh, thing. They were, eh, they were a show. They're just they're never bigger than Celine. Come another on. Another thing. Well, in 1991, they were bigger than Celine because yeah. Celine really wasn't a thing. Yeah. There were also some uh, oh, I handouts. Know. Yeah. Oh, I know. There were things going on. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that this is a rivalry. You know, I think. We all have good memories of that rivalry. But when you're not, I have a lot of terrible memories. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, one of my favorite BYU basketball yeah. memories happened in 2003 when Rafael Araujo scored at the buzzer in the Thomas and Mack Center, and we ran out of there celebrating like no other. It was fantastic. I was knocking doors in Brazil. Yes, you were. A great time. It's for the fans, and right now the fans just aren't fired up about UNLV basketball. Yeah. Yeah, sure. They're playing this and next year on neutral sites. Great. Awesome. But the context isn't there. It was always for a conference title. It was always like the St. Mary's kind of game. You know, I think maybe New Mexico was that team, but there were more. Like right now it's Gonzaga and St. Mary's, and then it's like don't lose to anybody else, even though it happens like three times a year. You know, try and avoid those. In the Mountain West, it was fun. You had Utah, of course, and UNLV and New Mexico, and it was awesome, dude. Like I really had fun with that. Um it's not the same. You're right. So they'll play this year. They'll play next year. And then it's kind of done. It just is what it is. Playing UNLV in Las Vegas are some of the worst memories for me watching BYU sports ever. Because until 2011, Dave Rose never beat UNLV. BYU was 0-7 or 0-8. And then they finally got that win on the Sweet 16 year. And it was so sweet because of that. Jimmer now, shoots a three from the V. Yeah, it was it was awesome. So hopefully this version of BYU, which is different than it was in 2011, obviously, and so is UNLV, can produce a good game. UNLV is not they, – they crash the board. They keep the score low. This BYU team is playing really well. Hopefully BYU go gets, goes and gets a win in the uh, home of Conor McGregor, T-Mobile Arena. BYU needs to win this game. And, yes, Conor McGregor that thing, baby. And the Golden Knights, I guess, play there as well. BYU football – as of today, one week away from the famous Idaho Potato Bowl game. Yeah, buddy. We are also a few days away from learning about some brand-new football recruits that will be bringing their talents to Provo, Utah, and the BYU football program. Want to know their names? We can't tell you until next week. Jerem, what has your attention more right now, the actual bowl game or the early signing period for BYU football? We're talking about signing, right? Not a game, not a game. Signing. Uh, a game. In the end, the players who play in the game matter the most. Not who's signed or even on the roster. The players who play matter the most. So it is the game. Hopefully BYU signs a bunch of guys that can make an impact next season and then obviously beyond because this is a unique timetable in terms of recruiting at BYU. But it's, it's about playing in that game. It's about win, getting a winning record. It's about winning a bowl game. It's about winning on the blue. And that matters a heck of a lot more than a – than a guy that might not even like start for four years, right? Um, I do get into signing day early in February, though. I love it because I'll take football every day of the week. One game will make a significant difference in how we view this season. Seven and six and six and seven are way different from each other. The difference between, okay, good finish and oh, another losing record. Back-to-back seasons with losing yeah. records – 
Kalani Satake would then not have a winning record overall through his three seasons. There's a lot riding on this game, so I am focused on the game. BYU needs to take care of business against Western Michigan. They're going to have a bunch more fans. The regional tie is there. BYU should win this game. They are a significant favorite in this game. They have to 13. take care of business to finish 7-6. and six. Every day, if they BTO. don't, that's going to leave a horrible taste in the collective BYU fan base mouth, right? Yeah, and then yeah. you don't care as much about recruiting. You're not as juiced about it. BYU wins this game. That's like, yeah, got some good recruits. Won a bowl game. Moving forward, Zach Wilson, it's awesome. If they lose this game, that all changes. Yeah, I, I think that uh, you get a little nervous if you have two losing seasons in a row collectively. You know, that just doesn't feel very good. If BYU wins it, though, then this is, this is circa 2010. Hey, Jay Capes, New Mexico Bowl, kind of a young group. We're growing. This is good. You're moving forward. This is great. I think, and you and I have discussed this, and obviously, I, hopefully everyone knows by now. <laughs> if you don't, then uh, welcome to the program. Uh, the schedules are significantly harder. And perhaps going to a bowl game is the new eight eight wins that it was. The adjusted and then, expectations. And then, and then the new 10 is eight wins. You know, perhaps we need to adjust our expectations. I don't like that, though. I, I, don't, I, don't, want to, I don't want to admit that uh, you can't do it. So what, what I want is for BYU to just lessen in the schedule, one to two, fewer power fives and whatnot. And then you can get into the 10-win ten, ten uh, ideology, right? So you've got you to gotta win this bowl game and then hope next year – Go to another bowl game because it looks like it's going to be another one of those six and six type seasons. Aaron Roderick told me earlier this week, he was real to the situation. He said, let's be honest, seven and six sounds a ton better than six and seven. This is an enormous game for BYU. This is big for the future. This is big for offseason momentum. You're right. It is big. It does not feel big. But it should be big. Western Michigan in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl is not a big game. But the context is. It doesn't feel like it. But it is. Finishing 7-6 and six is the storyline, right? Can BYU finish with a winning record? The answer is yes. They should. They should. All right. BYU women's volleyball finished with a winning record. <laughs> yes, they did. 31-2. and two. I'll take that. <laughs> Holy cow. Time to hear from you, BYU Sports Nation, as we discuss more from that Final Four run. This is Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. How will the 2018 BYU women's volleyball team and season be remembered? At Garrett underscore R underscore Hall answers on Twitter. A huge success. There will always be that lingering question about how things would have turned out if McKenna Miller were healthy. But they still made a great run and will be a great team next year. I think if McKenna Miller's healthy, that BYU still doesn't beat Stanford last night. I think Stanford was just... Stanford was so good. They were just that much better. Uh, BYU couldn't pass, and so it starts and ends right there. McKenna Miller back. Mary Lake back. Heather Nighting back. Kennedy Eschenberg back. Maddie Robinson. Keanu Moyai back. Yeah, Maddie yeah, Robinson lot, back. Lots of options. Plus, guess what? When you're top 10 a couple years in a row, you get the kind of recruits like Heather Nighting. So... BYU signing players who come in and make an impact. Boom, boom. You think volleyball year. recruits were paying attention to what BYU was doing this year, being ranked number one for 11 weeks? Who's the next Ronnie Jones-Perry? Not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Local, uh, developmental. She wasn't like this highly recruited player, but uh, she came out of Copper Hills and did her thing. And how yeah. about the Haddocks? Walk-ons to the program. Really? Lindy Haddock Epic they finishes were both as an All-American. Wow. How about that? 
crazy. I didn't realize they weren't that. BYU didn't offer them out of high school? Wow. Okay. At I imagine they're on scholarship now. Josh Summerays, <laughs> yes, on Twitter. It has to be those incredible home court matches in the tournament. The team was playing at such a high level, and the atmosphere was electric. Great memories and great way to showcase the pro- program to top recruits. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was fantastic. I, I think the entire country saw, hey, BYU is legit. And uh, unfortunately didn't show they were legit against Stanford, but I think that Stanford's going to wreck whoever they play, and it's Nebraska next. Uh, hopefully it's a good match, but uh, I think Stanford's going to win. The I think title. Stanford's going to win yeah. in a sweep. I really do. Yeah. They're, they're that good. Coming up, Johnny Buddy's back. Jeff Judkins, former NBAer and Cougars women's basketball coach, is in studio. Former BYU men's basketball coach and friend of Jeff Judkins, Steve Cleveland, is back with us as well. Mm. What's his favorite memory from the BYU UNLV rivalry? This is BYU Sports Nation. Probably that 03. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The 6-3 BYU women's basketball team is back in the Marriott Center. It's been a while with Colorado State tomorrow at 4 Eastern. Watch it on BYU TV or the app. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. Tune in or iTunes. Watch the show by going to BYUSN.com and experience it whenever, wherever, and however you prefer. Our question of the day, how will the 2018 BYU women's volleyball season be remembered? At Shay Lawrence, he answers on Twitter. BYU women's volleyball will be remembered with another Final Four banner in the Smith Fieldhouse. Third all-time, never gets old. Yeah, they have one banner and they'll add the year. And uh, they have three other years up there right now. So there you go. 1990. 19, there was like an 2014 eight, was and an 2018 eight, now. It was 93, and then there was like an 80s one they have on there. Oh, it was 93. That's right. Mm-hmm. 90, they Amy Gant. But they didn't get to the Final Amy Four. Amy still get. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Steve Cleveland joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, former BYU head basketball coach, friend of the program. We're here to talk BYU and UNLV. Coach, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing good. Three-game win streak will help with that, right, for BYU after a three-game losing streak. What have you noticed has changed on the floor between that three-game skid and now the three-game run? You know, I mean, I think sometimes there are some little things that you'll notice, and then we'll talk about them. But I think also, too, the schedule and who you're playing. You know, Houston was really good. Illinois State, they had a chance, but they played well there. Obviously, the Weber was a bit of an aberration. But as you look at this, I think the greatest growth almost always comes after losses, and, and especially with a group that has a veteran group. Uh, they have very high expectations. Uh, it's it's not too hard to get their attention to look to make changes. But I think that there's a maturity and, and maybe a little more patience, both ends of the floor. I think defensively, this team has been kind of up and down. But if you look at uh, the Utah State game and the Utah game, I did not see the Portland State game. But uh, those two games, they guarded as well as they guard all year. And, and USU, you know, was, they're playing at home. Uh, it, it, they're they're a really really solid team. Utah is down. Well, I think we all know Utah is down, but they're still so well coached that they don't beat themselves. And unfortunately, they don't, they don't have the scores they've had. But I thought that uh, I thought that BYU defensively was really really solid. It just when when you lose, all of a sudden there's way more of an attention to detail and defensively making adjustments, and then kind of the intangible things that uh, that come from within a team that 
hey, you know, we, we have to be together here. We've got to have the chemistry and the commitment to do this. And they have good leaders helping them do that. The old players-only meeting happened as well. Gather the troops. Nick Emery comes in, and BYU wins the next three. So I feel like those two played a role. But then you also have this, Steve. Yoli Childs and T.J. Haas have pl- are playing at another level. They're both juniors, and now we're seeing kind of their – they're really blossoming into uh, their best selves right now. They are. Uh, you know, the thing about Yoli is he's so much more patient this year. And, and I think we know he's explosive. We know he can attack around the room. He's got a soft touch. But, you know, he doesn't settle. You know, occasionally he'll take a quick three, but that doesn't happen very often anymore. He just doesn't settle for bad shots. And if you don't double-team him, he, he's going to score or get fouled. Uh, and I, the thing that I do like, the teams that have doubled him, rather than him trying to force it, uh, he'll, he'll find an open teammate and then repost. Uh, so y- Yoli's been really special. And his ability to, you know, to, hit, to shoot 31, 32, 33% from the three really stretches things, opens things up, allow, and that helps his teammates. TJ... You know, with TJ, a lot of it is is a great deal of confidence. Uh, he, you can see that he's not thinking; he's just kind of playing instinctively. And uh, you know, he's, I also, as I've watched him, he's taken fewer contested shots. He'll move the ball. He'll they'll go side to side. He won't take it quickly. Uh, now he'll take it on the break and transition if he has it. But I just think his maturity and shot selection is better. I'll tell you another little thing, an intangible that I think is is really important here, and I have not talked to him about this or his, his former high school coach. But I think that his relationship with Quincy Lewis uh, and Quincy having some responsibilities at the offensive end, uh, I, I, just, I think there's just a connection there that has really helped T.J. in terms of the offensive side of the ball. Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation. And yesterday we talked about with Lee Kamar that T.J. just looks like he's having fun. He's enjoying the game again. In the previous two years, there were moments when he just looked miserable. So it's good to see him enjoying the game, and that absolutely factors in. How much does it factor in, Coach? Well, it, it does. And, and when you're playing well and you have confidence, uh, it, it, the game is more fun. The game's always more fun when you win and, and when the ball's going through the basket. But I, I think I just felt like in watching TJ the last couple of years, there was so much pressure. And I don't know where that pressure was came from himself, and probably most of it was because he has very high expectations for his game or just the expectations of – who he was supposed to be and who this team was supposed to be. And I, and I think basically through the coaching staff and probably through him and his, his good friends, he just decided that, you know what, I'm going to be who I am. And certainly he, he's improved his ability to defend. Uh, he, is, he, he understands his role, which is a very huge thing in terms of confidence. When guys understand their role and coaches continue to reinforce that, then they, they know what a good shot is and a bad shot is and that it's, it's not – it's not a bad thing when they miss a shot. You know, sometimes TJ wanted to beat himself up when he missed a couple of jumpers because he's, he's, you know, he's, he's a young man that has high expectations for himself, and that's what makes him special. So I think it's a combination of things. I think it is a maturity. It's his third year. I think he's surrounded by players that he loves being with. I think having his ex-high school coach be, being really involved in the offense, I think, has helped. And, uh, and, and he shot it. I mean, he's just shot selection's better, everything's better, and he can get guys open as well. There's been this kind of natural progression, right? Dave's really good at developing not only like a, a first-team all-league player but actually a second guy. And so we're seeing kind of that Elijah Bryant role being filled by T.J. Haas in the 
terms of shots and points and whatnot. And another guy I want to address with you is Connor Harding. He started the last couple of games, the freshman from Pocatello, Idaho. Same high school as Taysom Hill. And uh, Harding is turning into uh, quite, the, quite the player. What do you think of his development so far? You know, I saw him before we left to come back here. I watched him practice, um, you know, I guess several months ago. And I watched him for about 10 minutes. And, and I, I went over to Coach Rose and told him, I said, this is a special player. And I said, number one, for a young player, especially coming off a mission, he had so much maturity, always had a sense and a feel for the game. And, you know, he's 6'7", he's strong body. Uh, he's, he's not a great three-point shooter year that, that's going to come. But he really, he's kind of a – I think he has the potential to be a larger, a little bigger version of Tyler Hawes. I mean, he just is, always knows where he is. He can handle the ball in the open court, in the half court. He can get into seams. He's always balanced. And, uh, no, I, I love Connor Harding. I mean, he's going to have a great career at BYU. And he's a big part of this team because defensively he can guard all the positions. I mean, he, you know, he's not going to guard continuously a 6'10 post guy, but he can switch on one that's strong enough and big enough to get him off the block. So anytime you can put somebody on the floor that can play, literally, he can play the 2, 3, 4. And I guess if you needed to, if you had foul trouble, he'd probably go down on the block or they'd probably just open it up. But he has multiple weapons. And, and uh, the, most of all, he just has a composure about him that uh, for, a, for a first-year player is somewhat uncommon. And he's just fit right in. So I love Connor Hardy. BYU is undefeated since the return of Nick Emery. I don't know how much that is directly correlated to Nick's return, but he certainly has seem to give BYU an injection of life. What do you think about that injection of Nick Emery back into BYU basketball, and how is it manifesting itself on the floor? First of all, Nick's a really, really positive person. All the things that he's gone through, he's become a better leader. He's become an, an example to these young men, and they love him. And he has a, and he's had a relationship with a lot of these guys. Even when he was away, he's continued to have a relationship. They're there is a great relationship between Nick and this team. And everybody on that team is pulling for Nick and, and, and in the community. And I, I think that he's gone through so many things and has so many experiences as a player on and off the court that guys are listening to him. And, and he, he is a leader. Whether he's on the floor or not, you can just kind of watch players, and he's so positive. So that, that is a big piece of it. That's, that's kind of one of the intangibles. I think defensively, he immediately makes BYU better. Nobody's getting by him on direct drives to the basket where bigs have to help and get into foul trouble. And, I, and I, he's taking it slow. He's not forcing things. Uh, he's, he's not a disruptive force on the floor of anything. He's really added to the chemistry, making the extra pass. And, you know, you can tell on the bench and when, when he makes a basket and makes a play and has an assist that everybody really, really enjoys the experience together. And, and that's the – Evidence of a great culture in a program, and Nick has done a lot to really, really strengthen that culture and that chemistry of this team. And, and there'll be a day, too, where he ends up putting up different numbers as he gets comfortable. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I kind of like him coming off the bench. Number one, he's kind of the coach on the bench, making sure everybody's watching what's going on. He gets in there. He gets a sense and feel for things. Not, a little, not, not as much pressure. And then during the course of the game, as they rotate in and out, when he and TJ are on the floor together, there's uh, there are good things happen. Yeah, it's kind of weird to see a 1,000-point scorer be somewhat passive offensively right now, and perhaps he doesn't want to step on anyone's toes. But his assist-to-turnover ratio is 8-1 to one, uh, in three games, so so far so good. Now BYU plays UNLV, Coach. Oh, UNLV, back on the schedule. This is fun. 
And it's not in the Thomas and Mac, which is great news. What do you think of Saturday's matchup with the old Mountain West foes? Well, I, I like BYU in this game. And, I, and I, you know, there's some things that BYU has to do. I mean, you know, Marvin Menzies a really good coach, and they can play up-tempo. They can play half-court. They've got good athletes, and, and sometimes that can be problematic for BYU. But I, I just don't think UNLV shoots it well enough. 43% from the floor in the 20s, 7% from the three. They're 60s, you know, mid-60s from the free throw line. They turn the ball over 17 times a game. They're a team that has four, five, they have four freshmen. They've got a few upperclassmen. They don't really have any real quality quality wins. Uh, I mean, they've lost to LMU, to Valpo, to Cincinnati. Illinois was a tough loss, but Illinois is also three and seven. So uh, I don't I don't think they've really had a marquee win. Now, this being said, if BYU uh, takes quick shots or they don't take care of the basketball and they don't block out, then Vegas becomes a real player in this game because Vegas is going to go to the boards. That's one thing that they do. They're a plus 10 rebounding team this year. And so they may not be have the skill set, but if you allow them to get two and three shots, so defensively they've got to block out. The other thing is, is that if you take quick threes and get long rebounds, they're going to be really quick to the hoop, and they're going to, you're going to allow them to have easy opportunities. So BYU needs to lock them up defensively, contest, make them shoot over them and through them, then block out and give them one shot at a time. If they do that going in, BYU will score enough points, and, and, and BYU will get to the free throw line because this team's not as disciplined defensively. They are going to foul you, and if BYU shoots free throws as they have been, I, I think it's a game that BYU certainly has a great opportunity to win. And the fact it's in a neutral site, you know, at the end of the day right now, Las Vegas College, you know, bas- university basketball there, it, it, the, the community is, is more interested in the hockey team and the Raiders coming in and probably down the road an NBA team. And there isn't the support for that program that there has been in the past. And uh, and so I think that, that helps BYU as well. This game was in the Thomas and Mac, and things were as they were 10 years ago. Tough, it, it would be even more difficult. But I, BYU has to do those two or three things. If they can, I think they'll have an opportunity to win this game. Coach, before we let you go, what's your favorite BYU-UNLV memory? Mine came in March of 04 when Hoffa scored at the buzzer. What about you? Yeah, you know what? I'd probably go with that as well. I can tell you my worst one was my, in our third year when we got blown out in the finals. But that was a that was a huge loss. That, that loss kind of turned everything for us the next year. We won that tournament and won the league. But I, I, I agree with you on that. There were always great games that we had. We went down there and won. And, and it was always fun to win in Vegas. I mean, it, it, just, it was close to home. It was a quick trip back. And uh, those were great rivalries. And I'd love to see San Diego State and UNLV continue to be on, on the schedule. I, I think that's just good for all of us. And maybe we can rekindle that rivalry. Coach, always great to talk to you. We appreciate the time and hope you're having a, an enjoyable holiday season. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. It is kind of fun to play UNLV, and then next week there's one game that's on Saturday, San Diego State. I like playing San Diego State more than UNLV because BYU had San Diego State's number more. Rebels. <laughs> you have better memories from that. Oh, match. yeah. BYU won down there a couple times, man. Like Kawhi Leonard the, from the Great White North couldn't beat Jimmer and the Charles Abu and those guys. In Viejas. This is fun memories, man. Coming up, and no one threw shoes there. It was crazy. Oh. Coming up, and one picks. Will I get one right? I believe. I believe in you, Jeremy. The answer is no. I'm getting two right.
Plus, he's tied up his horses at the OK Corral. And he's back in for jamming with Juddy. Yeah. Jeff Judkins, NBA veteran, BYU women's basketball coach up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Got to have plenty of hate. Next Wednesday is the beginning of the football early signing period. And BYU Sports Nation has you covered. Tune in next Wednesday, noon Eastern, as we will tell you who the newest Cougars are. And have reaction from the head coach, Kalani Stockett, live from Boise. It's next Wednesday on BYU Sports Nation. We've got a fever for more headlines. The number four seed BYU women's volleyball team swept by number one ranked Stanford last night in the final four. Is it down there? You have a fever. There's only one remedy. It's more that cowbell. It's headlines. We do have a cowbell. They they needed cowbell in uh, Minneapolis. The ladies end a fantastic, unforgettable season with just their second loss. They finish with a 939 win percentage, the highest in program history. 939, that's incredible. What a season from the ladies. Uh, they were ranked number one for 11 straight weeks, and uh, that'll get you the ABCA Coach of the Year. That's what Heather Olmstead received yesterday. Uh, six All-Americans on this team. What a season, and uh, they're going to be good again next year. BYU men's basketball off to Las Vegas. Intentions of extending a three-game win streak. Cougars taking on former Mountain West rival UNLV at T-Mobile Arena. Coverage of tomorrow's game begins at 7.30 Eastern on BYU Radio. The game tips at 8.30 Eastern. You can watch it by streaming it live on ESPN3. And for the first time in nearly a month, Women's Hoops is back in the Marriott Center. They'll host former Mountain West foe as well, Colorado State, tomorrow 4 Eastern on BYU TV. Speaking of Mountain West Saturday, the men with former Mountain West rival UNLV and women taking on Colorado State. We welcome in the head basketball coach of BYU women's basketball, Jeff Judkins. It's time to jam yeah. with Juddy. Welcome. Time, man, and I hear welcome. you. We're going to get your signature on the flag. we got a new desk. This is like a new look. Yeah, it's n- this new look. I like it. Yeah. Chic. It's been too long, my friend. How have things been? How are the horses? Horses are doing great. They're surviving. This cold weather is not easy on them, but, you know, if you take good care of them and you watch it, you're fine. Um, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a, a fun summer, you know, going to Europe as a team and doing things. And so far this year, we've, we've played very well in moments and the moments we haven't played very well. And hopefully we can change that and can be more consistent with things we're trying to do. What's harder to manage your horses or this team? Team. The horses, when I pull up with my truck, no matter where they are, they run immediately to me. I can't say that my team does that every time. You're saying, you're saying in the parking lot that doesn't happen. Okay. So when I walk in the building, I think they know, my team knows I'm there, but they don't come running to me. They don't come running, yeah. Coach, coach, you're here. It's great. Hey, guys. Yeah. Five and one start for your team, but you've dropped two of the last three. At six and three, how would you assess the overall status of your program right now? Well, you know, you always look as a coach at your schedule and say, okay, this is where you you look at and say we should be here. I personally, we thought we would be six and three with if we didn't play well in these three big games. But we didn't think we would lose to Southern Utah. Beating TCU was a big plus. Um, the Utah game last week, um, we really played quite well. It, it's just Utah's playing very well. Huff was a hard match, and going scoring 24 points, and uh, we, you know, we just we had our opportunities, and we just didn't take care of them. And um, hopefully, we'll learn from that. Um, this has been a crazy schedule. We had five games in nine days, all on the road. Wow! 
Then we come home, go to Utah, week, week time. Now we got another week, we're at home, and then we have another week and final week, and then we play Northern Colorado. So three games in the month of December is very unusual, but part of it was Christmas around the world, finals, finals for other schools, and it's it's just a difficult it's you know it's it's hard to schedule that during that time. You haven't played a game in the Merritt Center in 27 days tomorrow. Do you remember where to go? No. The locker room totally, is and everything. You know, and we haven't been in there. You know, with Christmas around the world, then devotionals. Is this what then, the annex is for? Yeah, that's thank goodness for the annex. Or I'd be going crazy right now. <laughs> because you think about what's gone on with BYU last 2 weeks. With volleyball, we would have no way of getting in in the Smithfield House at all, so that would have been over. And then, of course, we can't miss we can't let students miss their PE classes and the RB. So that I don't know what we would have plus, done. Plus, there's the old guys playing at noon. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that. that's right. How we kick them out? I mean, it's it's <laughs> gotta get a sweat in. But it's it. Thank goodness for uh, the many many people that were involved in getting us the annex. Um, it has been an absolute blessing, um, and it's made things so much easier for us. Where has it made the biggest difference in the improvement of your overall program? Recruiting has helped a lot. You know, you bring kids in for their visit unofficially, or if it, and they see what you have in the facilities. Second is there's no excuse for my, for my players to say, Coach, haven't had time to shoot. Hey, that gym's open 24-7, except for Sunday, 24-7, you can go in there, you can shoot. And then I think the last part of it has just been for us as coaches is we don't have to deal with all the frustration of noise and this and that. We can close that thing off and, and be able to have good quality practices that we need to have. Do you still have our autograph picture in your office? I still have it in there. Surprise. <laughs> and people ask me all the time when they come in, who are these guys? And what? I go, don't you watch TV? These guys are famous. What? <laughs> Shocked. Uh, Colorado State, they're 4-4. Four and four. You played them last year. Uh, what is 4 Eastern on BYU TV, by the way. What are some of the keys to beating Colorado State tomorrow? Well, they, they have a very unusual team. And what I mean by that is they – they don't really have a center. Hmm. They just go five out, and, the, and their center brings the ball up, and they just move the ball around and cut and try to take you one-on-one. So we have to really – our matchups are so important. Um, for me as a coach, to see what matchups going to work the best defensively. Secondly, um, they have a, a, a player who is very difficult to guard. I don't know her name, but I just know her number. 35, and she was a big player for him last year. Malia shut her down, so we got to have hopefully Baisley or Brenna or even Jasmine can maybe, you know, shut her down. And then we've got to attack the zone. They're going to zone us the whole game. We haven't had that for a while, so I said, you know, Southern Utah, or excuse me, Utah Valley did, and we did a good job of attacking that. We have to do the same thing. Jeff it, Judkins uh, with Lo- us on BYU Lori Devos? Yeah. Is that That's ring it. a bell? Yeah. She's from yeah. Belgium. I, I didn't She's even, an international I didn't even look that up. I just... I, I know. That. You got it. You guys got it. I don't it. have a computer I like right that. in front of me. Really. <laughs> the leading scorer on your team is a freshman. And you always want new players to come in and make an impact. But Shaylee Gonzalez at 16.2 points per game. She's shooting just a hair under 50% from the field. Where were your expectations for her compared to where she is this year? Well, my expectations are right where she is. 
I thought when we recruited her and I watched her for two years, she committed to us two years ago. People don't realize she could have gone anywhere. She had every Pac-12 school recruiter. They won a state championship, took second, should have won it, lost the last second. Uh, but I thought she'd come in and do this. And, and um, her Utah game was probably not her best. It wasn't a bad game, but it wasn't her best game. And I think that's normal for a freshman coming into a big game like that on the road. Uh, playing six straight road games, um, it, 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 but she really has done some wonderful things for us, and I, I think you see flashes of her um, and her ability. And the funny thing, we were in San Diego, and Andre Miller lives in San Diego, and he came to our game, and he comes comes to and watched. He came with us and watched the men's Utah football game. BYU, and uh, we talked, and he said, that girl reminds me a lot of him. Hmm. And I, I, I agree with him. The way I see her play and her strengths and what she, she reminds me a lot of Andre. Wow. So uh, if she can have a career like him, I'll be a happy coach. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> that would be, be amazing. But, you know, I think Paisley has been a big surprise. She has come in and scored and done a great job. Brenna has played like Brenna Last year, she needs to do a little bit more for us scoring for us and do some things. Chalet's played very well in some games. Utah games, she got early foul trouble. I think that hurt her. Sarah is now starting to come back, looking more like Sarah. Hopefully, um, she'll get you know she'll get her rhythm back. Um, Maria's playing with the experience of her starting and this and that. Maria has been a very solid player coming off the bench. And uh, last but not least, Jasmine. I need Jasmine to to come in and, and be be a force defensively and rebounding and be tough. If she does that, then I think we've we've got a good a good eight, eight rotation. BYU Colorado State tomorrow live on BYU TV. I'll be there, Juddy. And it's cool. about time I haven't seen I you guys. I know. You know, I haven't yeah. seen. And I heard Kristen's not going to be there, so but it's all right. We'll have you. It's good. I'll be there. Lauren McLean's going to hang out with me. She promises that uh, she'll do her best to. Uh, <laughs> Keep things under control. <laughs> I'm sure she will. She'll do a great job. Four will. Eastern, two Mountain. Mind signing our flag? BYU and Colorado State. Yes, right? please sign, sign the flag. Yeah. Sailor the, the new flag. flag. Do you mind signing it? Okay, I'll sign it. You can it. sign it right now if you want. I can do it right now? Yeah. Okay. You, yeah, if you want. You own this place, man. You played for the Celtics. It's true. He can do what he wants. Also, yeah. a huge portion of the karma to Jeff Judkins yes. and Women BYU tubes. women's basketball yes. as they take Colorado on Colorado State, State, tomorrow. State tomorrow. Awesome. Home awesome. First home game in basically a month. It's been a long time. Okay. The Jazz think they had a heart. <laughs> Boo hoo. Yeah. Coming up, and one. Don't call it a comeback. And big deal, no deal. Tomorrow's game, a semi home game for BYU. Who calls a set? It's in Vegas. How is it a semi home game? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano is your place for Cougar Sports with a social media twist. In the latest episode, it's all about Taysom time. Watch it on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, IGTV, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. When? Right now. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> you made me laugh. You made, you made me laugh. One time Amy Gant, while we were getting ready for a volleyball match, got hit in the back with a volleyball while she was so she was like the BYU Cougars. <laughs> Those are the things that happened. Awesome. We had a can of Diet Coke explode uh, this year. Whoa. 
during warmups. Yeah. You never know. You got to watch out, man. You got to keep your head on a swivel. Perilous times yeah. in the Smithfield Perilous. House. And one. Let's play. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. I'm getting in this. I'm getting in this. You're up 6 nothing. Let's go. First pick, two-pointer. BYU will win. Put a stamp on it. Mailing it in. BYU will win, okay? Dave Rose. Yeah, that was weak. Dave Rose has beaten UNLV one time in Vegas. One and eight, average marginal loss, 11. Is it that crazy? No. He has one win in Vegas, okay? <laughs> and? And one. My N1. Nick Emery will score in double figures. He scored 11 against Ooh. Utah State, but he Ooh. scored zero and then five. He will score in double figures. I thought about doing that, yeah. so I'm glad you picked that one yeah. up. Okay. We, we could, in theory, both do the same thing. We don't really talk about what our picks are going to be. My oh. two-pointer. BYU will have at least 18 assists as a team. They okay. average 17 per game this season. Okay. They'll go on the road. They will share the ball. Next. And one. BYU will have four guys score in double figures. They currently Tough have one. three averaging in double figures. I feel you. And UNLV is in the number one defense in the Mountain West. 66 a game. So to get four guys in double figs. Be big. It'll be tough. Okay. Come on, TJ Yoli, right. maybe Jashir and Connor or Slash Nick. I need to get on the board. I need to get on the board. I know. That's why you pick. Yeah. That, I that's said why BYU your two pointer is BYU will win. Dave Rose is one and eight against UNLV in Vegas. Is that crazy? That's not that crazy. Spread for BYU UNLV. I haven't seen one in Vegas. I haven't seen one. I bet BYU. I wonder what Ken. I'll Palm, look again. Yeah, let's, let's look. Ken, Ken Palm, Palm is BYU by seven. BYU by seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, BYU by a touchdown. But he also calls it something that we're going to address in one second. <laughs> And that takes us to Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal, No Deal. Presented by Delta Airlines, keep climbing. All right, Ben Bagley, what do you have for us? I've got two Big Deal, No Deal questions for you here. First one, Big Deal, No Deal. The 30-point score, four-game streak for BYU hoops. Oh, absolutely a big deal. I think BYU might have needed a 30-point score to win a couple of these games. Uh, Perhaps not. They could win with 20 performances, but... Yoli Childs, 31 in a row, three games in a row. BYU lost the first of those, by the way. And then T.J. Haas with a career-high 30. Big deal. Absolutely, it's a big deal. Four consecutive games with a 30-point scorer. Hello, McFly. (laughs) Of course that's a big deal. Next. All right, last one. Big deal, no deal. Ken Palm listing tomorrow's BYU-UNLV game at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas as a Semi-home game for BYU? Now, what he does typically is he'll call it, like, semi-away. So, BYU playing at Utah was semi-away. It's away, but it's not exactly away on their home court. But this is semi-home. That's got to be a mistake. It has to be a mistake. It's semi-home for UNLV. It's not semi-home for BYU. But if BYU occupies T-Mobile Arena, perhaps it is semi-home for BYU. The funny thing is we're actually discussing this because BYU typically shows up so well in Las Vegas and there is such a strong contingent in the fan base. Get there, man. So I don't know. Is there a method to the madness for Ken Pomeroy? Did he mean to call this a semi-home game for BYU? He's a national dude, but uh, he's out of Salt Lake, is he not? So he kind of understands what happens with BYU here. So Yeah, it's no deal for me that he calls it a semi-home game. Did I declare big deal? No deal. No deal. Honestly, I think BYU might have more fans than UNLV tomorrow. If they do, that's pathetic. That really Down the is. Street. That's like, that's like it being literally an Orem and another team out pacing BYU from out of state. Are you kidding me? That's embarrassing. terrible. Embarrassing. Coming up, the good and the bad from yesterday with women's volleyball. And Michael Davis gets the better of Daniel Sorensen. 
Two former BYU football players matching up in the NFL. An incredible game last night. Details on the whip next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Big Deal, No Deal. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Shout out to today's guests, Steve Cleveland and Jeff Judkins. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast, BYUSN.com, to watch full episodes. Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time, and you know why. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Volleyball. Four-seed Brigham swept by top-seed Stanford in the national semifinals last night. Cougars finished the season 31-2, a win percentage of 94%, the highest in program history. After a number one ranking for 11 straight weeks, women's volleyball coach Heather Olmstead named the AVCA Coach of the Year in 2018. Six players, All-Americans, six named All-Region. All of those are program records for a single season. Men's basketball. The Cougars, winners of three straight play UNLV in Vegas at T-Mobile Arena tomorrow, 8.30 Eastern on ESPN3 and BYU Radio with radio pregame at 7.30. Women's basketball. For the first time in almost a month, BYU Women's Hoops back in the Marriott Center. They host former Mountain West Conference for Colorado State tomorrow, 4 Eastern, live on BYU TV. Cougars in the NFL. Two former Cougars, Daniel Sorensen and Michael Davis, met last night in an awesome Chiefs 29-28 loss to the Chargers. It was a great game. Two-point conversion for the Chargers with four seconds to go. Sorensen recorded three tackles for the Chiefs. Davis, four tackles for the Chargers. Sunday, Fred Warner and the San Francisco 49ers host Jerem Seattle Seahawks. Hawks! Jamal Williams and the Green Bay Packers take on the Chicago Bears and Kyle Van Noy and the Patriots try and get back on track against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Today's rise and shout goes to BYU Women's Volleyball. Thank Amen. you for an unforgettable so run, fun. incredible season. So fun. Our question of the day, how will the 2018 BYU Women's Volleyball season be remembered? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years at Labman58 says on Twitter, so much fun to watch and follow. Don't dwell on the last loss, but the wonderful journey that got you there. Great season, great bunch. Thank you. Enjoy the journey. Good EFY soundtrack. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUS. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Sierra Parker and Tambor Haddock Nobles. Beat UNLV. Beat Colorado State. Beat everybody. Amen. Go Cougs. <laughs>